0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life After Blindness. This is the podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and I want to thank you so much for joining me this week and also joining me this week, I'm going to have a special guest, Maria Johnson from girlgoneblind.com is back with me. Hello, Maria. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, as you know, and some of the listeners might know from my post on social media. I was just on vacation. I took an eight-day cruise uh, with Carnival Cruise Lines with all of my family. So my wife, my daughter, my parents, my brother, his new wife, my mother-in-law, my grandmother. Oh, it was it was a lot of people in, in, in some ways exhausting, but in many, many more ways that is all that matters. It was fantastic and relaxing. And I'm back renewed and ready to go.
1: I bet it was amazing. I've been on several cruises and... I think they're one of the best types of vacations ever. I mean, your hotel goes with you. You know, there's food 24-7, drinks 24-7, activities 24-7. I mean, you you just can't go wrong with a cruise. So I'm glad you had a great time.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where you can do as little or as much as you want. If you want to do absolutely nothing and just lay in a chair with a drink or whatever and just, you know, soak up the sun and do nothing. You can do that. But if you want to yeah. do all the yeah. different activities, like you said, or, you know, just whatever, you, you have the choice and they definitely have many, many things for you to do. I talked about this a little bit earlier this year because I had done an interview with their senior cruise director, John Heald. And he told me about all the wonderful things that Carnival Cruise Line does for people that are blind and visually impaired. And I really enjoy going on cruises, especially with Carnival, because of all the things that they do to make things so accessible. So if anybody missed that interview, interview. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. But uh, yeah, it really is a lot of fun. There's so many great things you can do, like I said. And it's funny, Marie, I was telling you about this before we got started. They sent me the first day their daily, basically their daily uh, rundown of everything that's going on in the ship. And they sent it to me in large print on two pages of poster board that's probably almost as, as tall as I am. And I'm six foot four. I I love mm. it. It's great. If I had vision, it would have been fantastic. For mm-hmm. me, I, I prefer to use their app, which is, Mostly accessible, I'd say it's probably probably about ninety percent accessible. So mm-hmm. I can see all that same information through their app using VoiceOver on my phone. But it was really kind of cool that they sent me this big two-page large print, you know, daily paper. And in addition to that, on our television screen, their welcome channel or, or whatever it is where they talk about all the things going on on board and all that, they had that audio described for the blind. It was so neat to to get right on board, go to my cabin and have all of this accessibility right from the beginning
1: wow they have a lot of options there i mean anywhere you turn um you probably would be able to find something that you could look at or listen to to find out what's going on and to have large print on poster board size (laughs) pieces of paper that's awesome i mean that's awesome now i have low vision and so Something like that would work for me, although I would probably prefer the voiceover version, probably get more detail because honestly, the large print would probably be daunting you know, for me to read. But nevertheless, that's a pretty cool option, I'd have to say.
0: Well, absolutely. And I'm just appreciative, like I said, that they do those things. Their computers that they have in their library have screen readers on them. They have areas for guide dogs to go to relieve themselves. They also will assign a person to you. So say, for instance, if you are in your cabin and you need assistance getting somewhere, nobody's around to help guide you, you can call the number and they will send somebody to come get you and, and help navigate you to wherever it is you need to go to on ship. So there's so many different mm-hmm. things that they do to make it accessible, to make the enjoyment be for everybody. They, they actually have a lot of initiatives for, for different people. Uh, disabilities, I was looking at something recently where they are doing different things for people that are deaf blind actually uh mm. being able to sign for the deaf as well as describe with like drawing pictures on their back uh when they were watching a uh, a performance in one of the theaters. They had somebody mm-hmm. signing into their hands in in front of them and then a different person you know basically drawing uh, things on their back, which, uh, mm-hmm. sounded really kind of cool. So just the fact yeah. that they do all that, I think is fantastic. But anyway, I, I, I digress. I could, I could talk about my vacation all day <laughs> long. And, and so if I don't move along, we we will be stuck in the Caribbean for the next hour or so, which isn't a yeah. bad thing to do. As a matter of fact, that, that's not a bad thing. But, no, it's uh, not a
1: bad thing, but now I want to go on a cruise. So, yes.
0: um, <laughs> oh yeah, <absolutely. laughs> I'm going to put that our, on my list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've already got our next one planned for uh, next winter. Uh, we're going to do another family cruise. And really, like you said before, one one quick point before we move on, when you start adding up the costs, if you were to travel or, or go on a vacation anywhere else after you've done the hotel and your food and your entertainment and all that kind of stuff really it 's competitive price wise yeah. to go on a cruise, and you can get so many things you 're talking about food twenty four seven and drinks and entertainment mm-hmm. and so many different things that you can do so so yeah, yeah. I, I encourage anybody that that is looking at a vacation if you 're already going to be spending money on a vacation look into a cruise because there's so much to do and they are so accessible nowadays. But anyway, yeah. moving on, Maria, we have so much to talk about this week, Maria, because later on in the news, we have some things coming from Google where they've updated their Google Maps app to help the blind and visually impaired a little bit, as well as an update to the Google Chrome browser. There, there's plugins and extensions that you can use for Google Chrome, and Google has added something for us there as well. So a little teaser there for you. Also. Also in the news, we'll be talking about a study that was done recently over the last eight years or so, I believe, out of Taiwan, where they're talking about sleep apnea being a problem, especially for people that are diabetic and leading to other forms of blindness. So we'll get to that later on in the show. But first up, Maria, as you might know, I try to start every episode off with a segment that I call Because of My Blindness. Way, way back when I did my spotlight interview with you, uh, we actually did a bit on this as well, where you talked mm-hmm. about some things because of your blindness. So you were gracious enough to, to answer that question for me in the past. Because of it being Blindness Awareness Month, I thought it would be interesting this month to have people say things that either they want other people that are blind to know about, or they want people Maybe that are in the beginning of the journey, losing their vision to know, or maybe a message that they wanted sighted people to hear. So first, Maria, I want to listen to a few more of the submissions that I've received from people online. And then on the back end, I will have you add to this as well. So here are some more stories because of my blindness for Blindness Awareness Month. Come
2: on in, Tim. According to the statistics statistics, I like that word when I've got my teeth in, there's 4% of registered blind people who are totally blind and my point is for those who are still able to see, whether it's shadows, whether it's whatever, you should always explain to friends exactly what you can and can't see and if they don't take it on board well that's their lookout after that, they're fair game for your comments about their ability to help you when you are visually stressed. Mm -hmm. I found that when I could see a wee bit, it embarrassed me because I never told people and I winged it too much. Whereas if I told people I had a sight problem, it smoothed the way. So I think that's a major point that I tell sighted, uh, partially sighted, or visually impaired people, to tell people about your vision and what you can and can't see. Don't worry the point like where you get to the stage where you're boring and bore everybody to death about your vision, because a lot of blind people do that. Mm. And be independent. Blind people, well, though they're blind, are still very capable people. Mm. I mean, look at your good self out there, Matted. Eh? Mm. I'm about to get on your program now. After a buttered you up. Mm. have a good day, Mr. Swot.
3: Blind people are not fragile and helpless, and we're not mindless. We are just sightless. That's it. Oh, hi, Tim. So the first thing I would say is learn to ask for help. You'll save yourself a lot of frustration. And there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in being blind. There's no shame in certain things you may not be able to do. Uh, There's no shame in that. So that would be the first thing. Uh, The second thing is and i I see this with certain blind folks i almost think that poor self-esteem low self-esteem is more the disability than the blindness because if you don't have that confidence or self-esteem then probably you you may not go to uh, post-secondary education you may not apply for a particular job like i think confidence self-esteem is a big Problem in the blind community and I'm not sure why that is but if you get rid of the shame learn to ask for help and I would say when you're talking to sighted folks don't make it always about blindness I, I know people who it's always a joke about the about blind they're always it's 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 too it's one-dimensional then We're more than just. We're more than that. We're blind. We're we're a person, and we have all the other features, just like everybody else does. Um, I would say not to make it all about blindness. In fact, a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends, they always forget. They always forget that I'm blind, you know. And then they'll say something, and they'll say, "Oh, sorry, I forgot. I forgot you're blind." You know, they might ask me. Whatever it might be, um, what kind of car do you drive, or whatever? And I say, no, that's good. That's that's a compliment, really, in a way, because because I don't make it always about me and my blindness. I, I don't go there, but I will talk about it if. Uh, but it's just one part of who I am. It's not all of who I am. Um. Yeah. So. When you're out and about, sure, people are going to be looking at you. They're going to see you with the guide dog, they're going to see you with the white cane. However, they're not pitying you, they're not uh, making fun, they're not. What they are doing is they're admiring you for being out there because they would, you know, they're thinking, I could never do that. And I've had people say to me, how do you do that? How do you how do you clean your east easter or shovel the snow? And I I then say I, I could never do that. And I say Oh no, you you would, you'd learn to do it because you have to.
0: Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody who sent in their messages to me for Blindness Awareness Month and the Because of My Blindness segment. I had so many great submissions, so many things that people wanted to say. It was kind of a hot button topic, Maria, when I went online and said, okay, I want some, some recordings to share on the podcast. People were so eager to say, oh, I want to tell you about this, and I want to make sure that sighted people are aware of that, or I want to make sure that people who are just losing their vision are aware of this, and and we've heard that through these uh, different submissions that I played throughout the month. So I'm really grateful to everyone for participating in the Because of My Blindness this month. Now, Marie, I did say before that that I was going to give you an opportunity to answer this. So I know in the past you've written some blog posts actually about this on Girl Gone Blind.com talking about things that you would want others to know. So so what would you say because of your blindness and and your experiences, what would be something that you'd want to say for blindness awareness month?
1: First, I want to say that some of the things that those folks said are things that maybe I haven't even thought about myself. So they're always good to hear from other people as well. So I, I'm really glad that people do speak up, you know, when they do and they volunteer, you know, their thoughts feelings on that topic as Absolutely. well. Um, yeah. So I did write a blog. Gosh, I don't even know what the date of this blog was, but it was titled five things blind people shouldn't have to justify to anyone. And it was one of my more popular blogs. It still is a pretty popular. I'm one, but sure it's- it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's so back in the archives that I'm not sure if people get back that far because my I've been doing my blog now for almost six years. So it's it's way back there. But I thought I would just touch on the five points. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna take up the whole podcast with this, but <laughs> I'll just touch on a couple of the points. Sure. And go these ahead. were yeah, these, these were just things that I came across personally, you know, for myself that you know, I just found myself constantly explaining um, and justifying to people. And I just, you know, I just didn't, I just came to the point where I thought, why am I always having to justify this stuff? You know, what, when I just shouldn't have to, you know, I really shouldn't have to. So I just listed them and then I gave my reasons and all that stuff. One of them, uh, or the first one was, um, I shouldn't have to justify if I want to use my cane or not. Now, let me preface that by saying I have low vision. I can see somewhat, um, but not super clearly. Um, my vision is like looking through frost, frosted glass and I have no central vision. So I've had people say to me like, uh, aren't you going to take out your cane? Aren't you going to use your cane? Get your <laughs> cane out. Well, yeah. sometimes I don't want to use my cane. Right. Maybe I'm familiar with the area, right? Maybe I'm in, you know, maybe I just want to use a sighted guide, you know, it's my choice to use a cane. It's, it's if I'm comfortable using the cane. Um, so I shouldn't have to justify why I want to or don't want to use a cane. Another thing was how I want to identify my vision loss. If I want to say I have vision loss, I can say I have vision loss. If I want to say I'm legally blind, I can say I'm legally blind. If I sure. want to say I have a vision disability, that's I can say I have a vision disability. I can identify my vision loss any way I want to. I have been accused of people saying you're not blind. And I'm like, well, last time I was at my doctor's, I still was. <laughs> yeah, he would beg
0: to differ with you. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Um, pretty much deemed legally blind November 2013. So um, but you know, there's people that will, would battle with me on this. And I mean, if I want to say, yeah, I just, I, I don't see very well. Well, that's my choice. So, you know, don't, don't make me justify what terminology, um, I want to use to describe my blindness. So there you go. Just don't make me do it. Um, the other thing is don't make me justify why I'm asking for help.
2: Ooh,
0: I kind of like that one. Mm -hmm. Go
1: on. Oh, yes. Um, I am asking for help because I need help. Now, if I could do whatever it is, I would do it. I'm asking for help because I can't do it. All right? right. So that's why I'm asking for your help. Now, when I ask for help, I can tell when you're putting on that fake friendliness and say, okay, fine, I'll help you. I'll just be a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I we can tell. Your voice, the tone of your voice speaks so much louder than your words. We can tell when you don't want to help us just by the sound of your voice. So if you think you're being so, you know, um sneaky and making it sound like you're okay with helping us, yeah, you're not. Okay. We can tell. So again, just keep in mind, we're only asking because we need the help, not because we're wanting to bother you. Okay. That's, that's just how it is. All right. So Mm -hmm. don't blame us. All right. We don't really want your help, but we, we just need it. We
0: would much prefer to do it on our own. We want our independence. However, yeah. uh, A good thing to always remember is You've got to be able to ask for help. Asking for the help sometimes is half a battle for us. So Mm -hmm. once we've gotten to that point where we we've gotten over that hump and we are now comfortable enough to ask for the help, we've we've shut down the pride, swallowed Mm -hmm. our pride, and we can now ask. Yeah. That that was such a big step. So yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Don't make it harder for us, right? Don't, you know, don't don't make us grovel. Tell me
0: or if you can't, if it's a matter of you don't want to, or you can't, whatever. Okay. You know, be nice about it, but tell me you're not able to, or you'll try later. And and mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. If, if you're not able to, or not comfortable, just tell me that, you know?
1: Yeah. That it's simple. That's simple. I mean, and, and, but what is the worst is when it's, you know, when you, fe- when you're just faking it, and because you feel you have to oblige to our request, but you don't want to, um, um, you know, we can't tell if you're busy or not. We can't tell what you're doing, and if we're, you know, asking at the wrong time, we we sometimes can't tell. So you know, give us a break. <laughs> you know,
0: I'm always so, asking my wife, yeah. "Are you doing something right now? Are you busy? Are you in the yeah, middle of something?" I
1: know, but it's almost like, oh, I don't want to bother you, but mm, so but. you know, it's like I said, it's you know. We, it's hard enough. It's hard enough. So, right. you know, give us a break, but, um, and then yes, just say, Hey, I can't right now, but can you give me five minutes and I'll help you. So yeah, I've, I've, um, I spoke at, um, a conference and that was one of the big topics I spoke about, which was, you know, <laughs> asking for help. Um, so the other thing, and Tim, this kind of goes for you and I, you know, we love our friends, but, I think it's important to have blind friendships. It is. Because, because blind friendships um, is a whole different tribe because these friends get it. Yeah. They absolutely get it. And I don't have to justify to anyone why I have an entire tribe of blind friends. I love having blind friends. Um, I didn't want blind friends. <laughs> I didn't yeah, want to be no, friends with any of no you. No offense to the blindness
0: community, but yeah, I, I would have preferred not to have had to have been a part of it. That yeah. being said, now that I am a part of it and I've gotten exactly. past the anxiety, the stress, the depression. Well, I don't know that you ever get past that. That That's a right. conversation for another time, which I know we will be having. But, um, but yeah, once you've worked through some of the, the worst parts of that, Yeah, having people in the blindness community that you can talk to, that you can lean on their shoulder, that you can yell and scream. You know, my wife is sighted, and God love her, she lets me just unload sometimes when I'm frustrated and I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. Last year, uh, you know, a lot of people know if they listened to the episodes that I put out last fall, talking about some of the issues I was having uh, last spring and summer. You know, know Mm -hmm. that I went through a horrible depression. You you and I have talked about that, Maria, and. Mm I had a lot of my just family, my wife, of course, and my extended family and my my sighted friends, of course, were all there for me. People that I've known for years, blind or not, and they were great and they were fantastic to help me through all of that. And, and that's wonderful. But on the flip side of that, I have a lot of people in my life that are blind or visually impaired that are such good friends that are able to help me in a similar but also in a different way because their perspective, you know, is in line more with mine, like you said. And Mm -hmm. so they're going to understand things that maybe my family and sighted friends aren't going to fully understand. They're going to be empathetic and of Mm -hmm. course sympathetic and, and they'll do their best and they'll be there for me. And that's fantastic. And I love them all for it. But having friends within this community, people that you can talk to, that is such a big help. I have done low vision uh, support groups in the past. I started off as a member and over the many years of attending became one of the old timers, one of the mm-hmm. you know, the mentors, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, would kind of take people under my wing. But that didn't mean that I still didn't need help myself from time to time. Yeah. But reaching out to people in a, a you know, blindness or low vision support group or online in different forums or, or apps or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Podcast like this, or, or whatever it might be, Facebook groups, you know, things like that. Exactly. Uh, you know, cheap plug for the, the Life After Blindness Facebook group that I've just recently uh, ramped up and started. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there are so many ways to meet blind people. And yeah, if, if you don't really find the need to have blind people in your life, I get it. You don't yeah. have to. Th- that's not a requirement as a blind person. If you don't need that or desire that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I want to be in that community because it provides something positive for me, for my experience, well then good, you know, so be it. And, and there are benefits that I feel that I get out of those relationships that I know you do as well, Maria. Mm-hmm.
1: But again, you don't have to justify that to anybody. You know, no. if people question you like, well, you're spending all your time with your blind friends. Um, I don't need to justify that to you. Because it's just, it's another group of friends who, who just serve you maybe in a different way, like you said, and we all have our different groups of friends. Maybe you have work friends, you have, um, you know, Facebook friends, um, you have blind, your blind friends, you have your, you know, whatever friends. And, you know, it's good to have different variety of friends, Um, the introverted you know, group is rolling their eyes right now. But it's, (laughs) I think, (laughs) again, whatever your friendship um, of choice is, you should not have to justify that. Um, I sometimes, you know, got you know, a little backlash, um, for having, you know, a lot of blind friendships. I'd be on the phone a lot. Um, when I, we have a yearly conference for LHON and, you know, I would meet people I knew online, quote unquote, in the LHON community. And it was the best. I mean, these are some of the people I am the closest to after I lost my vision and they have gotten me through some really tough times. Like you were kind of alluding to, and these are people I'll be friends with till the day I die. Um, And they get it. They get what it's like to live with LHON or, you know, blindness. So, oh, and that's uh, one of the other things. Um, I haven't been going to the Braille Institute for the last year or two, but one of the best parts about going to the Braille Institute was before classes started, we would sit around tables and drink coffee and catch up. Everyone's blind. And I learned so much from them. Um, I learned it was okay to take the, you know, local MTS bus, you know, like no one died because they took the MTS bus. Um, (laughs) I also learned more about Uber and Lyft from them. And like, no one died from taking Uber and Lyft. It's fine. And then lunchtime, we all would catch up at lunchtime, you know? And so that was almost more important to me than the classes. It was the networking and camaraderie we would build. So I'm not going to, so I'm not going to justify why, you know, I liked lunchtime. So (laughs) anyway, (laughs) um, so anyway, the last couple here, I'll just, you know, mention, I know we could, we could definitely make this a whole, whole, um, a whole topic of, of the hour, but um, let's see. um, Just read my notes here. Um, Oh, last one. Um, Give us the details. Now, when we're out and about and you ask like, oh, Hey, can you just, you know, describe to me what's in, you know, you know, what's, what's over there. Don't just say, Oh, there's some trees and stuff. No, 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 (laughs) no, no. no, no. We want the details. We want you to paint the landscape, fill in the blanks, you know, at least for me now, maybe someone else is fine with that, but like, no, no, no. I want to know, well, there's some people over there and one, you know, they're walking a dog and there's a few cars and some people sitting on a bench and you know, you know, give me something like, or if a friend walks up and they, you know, they have their dog with them, and I say, "Oh, what's the dog look like?" Well, it's little. No, 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 <laughs> no. Is it cute and fluffy and light brown and, you know, just you want to kiss it and smother it? Is it like that kind of dog, or is it, you know, a little ugly thing, or you know, and it's got spiky hair and it's, you know, ugly and, um, wh- you know, whatever. I want the details. They didn't create auto description for nothing. Okay. So, you know, it's because we want the details. So don't skip on the details. And I shouldn't have to justify why I want the details. It's because we want to know what's going on around us. Just plain and simple. That's it. So there's my five things that blind people shouldn't have to justify to anyone. If you want to read the full blog, you can just google that title um at plusgirlgoneblind.com and uh, the blog will pop up in google and um you can read the whole thing and um you know i do go into more detail there so there you go those are things that yo people out there we don't need to justify to you <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i love that maria because throughout blindness awareness month i really have wanted to kind of tackle these exact types of topics and some of the things that I've shared from people online uh, through this segment have been so good and people have been so informative and passionate, just as you were in describing those five different things. There's so many things that we want people to know. Again, whether it's somebody who's at the beginning of this, losing their vision, or even if they've been blind forever, maybe since birth, but they're still learning. There's still new things out there to find and discover that we can learn from each other. Like you were talking about, with, you know, some of the groups and meetups and having lunch and all those kinds of things. Some of those Mm -hmm. support groups that I was involved in, some of the most fun, like you were talking about, was when we get there half an hour early before the group would start and just chat with each other and, you know, throw topics around and ask questions and just being with each other, talking with each other, we learned so much. And, you know, with my experiences, I've been so lucky with being able to do this podcast and all the different people that I've met, you know, meeting yourself and our friend Derek Daniel, Stephen mm-hmm. Scott, Sean Priest, you know, all the other people that I've interviewed over the last couple of years with the podcast and all the different people that I've met doing different radio programs and, and podcasting and all this stuff. That's a lot of why I wanted to do the because of my blindness segment, because Mm -hmm. there's so many things that have happened to me because of my blindness that would have never otherwise happened. That's what I always say with this segment is think of things that wouldn't have happened to you if you hadn't been blind or gone blind. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we can obviously think about the negative and the the dark times, no pun intended, um, of being blind. <laughs> and there are definitely plenty of those. And I don't ever want anybody to think that I avoid that because I haven't and I, and I don't, ever want to, to avoid the the pitfalls, the problems that go along with being mm-hmm. blind or visually impaired. However, I want to put out there for people to know as you know, the title is the life after blindness. There is a life after blindness. It can Mm -hmm. happen. And I know that there's a lot of cynicism and there's a lot of depression and a lot of issues that people have out there where they don't feel that there can be a a life after blindness. They don't feel that life can continue, that that their life is basically over. And I know that's a lot of what you like to cover. And I cover Mm -hmm. our friend, Derek Daniel with life after sight loss that we were talking about likes to cover, you know, all the different people out there doing similar things, what we do, we're all in a way trying to do that. Whether we say it so overtly or not, the point is we're trying to say, yeah, it can be horrible. It can really suck. Mm -hmm. But here are some ways that we have found that we can live a life after blindness, that it isn't over and mm-hmm. come with us along on this journey together while we figure it out. As I say at the end of, end of every episode, you know, join me next time while we journey together. You know, we're in yeah. this together. You know, we, we are exploring this together. And so I thought it was very important, especially this month with Blindness Awareness Month, to to really start tackling these things more in depth. And uh, I will tease and hint that Marie you and I and someone mm-hmm. else are working on something behind the scenes that's all mm-hmm. I'll say but people <laughs> out there listening please stay tuned because we are going to dive into these types of topics much more often in a bit of a sit down informal kind of way and just talk about these things mm-hmm. separate from even this uh this particular podcast so that's a little bit of a tease for everybody mm-hmm. so uh yeah there yes. you go
1: Stay tuned because it's going to be good. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Definitely stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun um, and very informative, I hope. It's going to be really, really informative and helpful. So, in addition to it being Blindness Awareness Month, Maria, there have been a few things going on lately in the blindness community. And so, let's get into those now by talking about this week's news. So first up, Maria, well, actually first and second, like I mentioned earlier in the show, Google has a couple of things going on for the blind and visually impaired right now. First of all, in the Google Maps app, they have made an update to allow for more detailed information to be given when using a screen reader like VoiceOver or TalkBack. So in most navigational apps like Apple Maps or Google Maps, you can get turn-by-turn directions and walking directions. So if you're just walking down the street, it'll, it'll tell you the next intersection and tell you where you are and give information and all that. But Google is adding a bit more to that. It'll be a little bit more verbose perhaps, but probably pretty helpful.
1: Oh yeah. This is going to add more confidence to using this app. It's going to give you extra directions or extra information so that you know you're on the right track per se. It will give you information as you're walking, that you're on the correct route um, as you're walking along. It's not just going to say in four, you know, in 400 feet, you're going to make a left. During that 400 feet, it's actually going to talk to you and say, "Keep going straight. You're on the right. You know, you're on the right track. This, you know, those kind of things." And I think that that will help create a better experience for blind and visually impaired when they're trying to walk to whatever destination they're getting to. Um, overall, and hopefully, it will be an app that blind and visually impaired people will use because of this additional information.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really like what Google is doing here because in addition to giving you that that feedback as you're walking, they will also have it count down to the intersection. So instead of, like you said, getting the, you know, in 500 feet or in 200 feet, you'll actually receive a numbered countdown as you're approaching intersection. And what I really liked, probably my favorite part, is it'll tell you the size perhaps of an intersection. So we've all been there where you're going to cross the street and you can kind of tell from the sound of the traffic or the flow of the traffic, how wide it might be, how far across you have to walk. But sometimes there isn't any traffic or very light traffic, and maybe you're not sure. And it might be a place that you've never been before. So you don't know how far do I have to walk until I hit the other curb? How, how far do I have to go to get across the street? And some can be very narrow. Some can be very mm-hmm. wide. When I was first training with my pain, we actually went across a large intersection that was actually a double intersection that had a part in the middle. And it was just kind of daunting. I was like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to get to the other side? And with this update, that's something that they'll do. They'll tell you if it's a wide or narrow intersection and, and give you information as to approaching the next curb and all that kind of thing. So just giving a little bit more information to you as, as the user of the app to help you feel more confident, like you said, in your navigation. So usually when apps add more verbosity like this, I'm I'm not really into that because I just, I have too many things talking to me already. So I, I'm I'm just <laughs> done. However, when it can be helpful like this, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I rather get more information than no information. So, I I am all for it as I'm all for it. You know, I'm totally all for it.
0: Speaking of getting more information, another thing that Google is doing comes from their Google Chrome browser and an extension or new plugin that you can activate. So if you go into your settings under accessibility, there is a image descriptions area there now that you can turn on. And so similar to how Microsoft's Narrator implements the Seeing AI technology where you can have images described using that screen reader, JAWS has this built in as well where you can have it tell you what's in an image or at least the best that it's artificial intelligence can do. Uh, iPhones can do this now with a three-finger single tap. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Of course, Facebook does this. They try to use artificial intelligence to give you, the blind user, some sort of description of what the image is. Well, Mm -hmm. Google Chrome is now going to do that. So once you turn that on in the accessibility settings, when you come across an image, it will attempt to describe it. So it may be as simple as person standing with a dog and sunglasses Mm -hmm. smiling or something. It's going to be very generic. If anybody's ever heard the description, say from Facebook's images Mm -hmm. and the recognition there, it's going to probably be a very similar experience, but I like that Google is saying, you know what? As part of our browser that we have control over, we're going to offer an extension for further accessibility to do this and and just getting on board with everybody else who's already been implementing this. Like I said, Microsoft and JAWS and others have been doing this for a little while. So I'm happy to see that Google is adding this as well.
1: Yeah, I'm a Chrome user. I have not turned on the feature yet. But uh, I at least will give it a shot and and see how it well it works um, just when I'm you know, cruising things on my computer. Um, I, I do, you know, I do get it on my Facebook, you know, I'm on my phone and things like that. But what I want to know is when the heck is, you know, this AI business going to read the text within a photo, you know, that's, that's just like, you know, it'll say two people sitting with text and you're like, ah. Oh. And everyone you know, everyone's liking it and sharing it. And you're like, what does it say? So, you know, um, I maybe that's down the line. And it probably is down the line, actually. But um, you know, every little bit helps. Like you said, sometimes, you know, I like to get the information. Um, because when you're just left in the dark, uh, no pun intended. Um, you know, sometimes when someone writes a post and, you know, they they don't always describe the photo in their post or they're not the post they write or the article that goes with a photo doesn't always give you enough hints to what the photo is. Right. So if, if, um, the AI or, you know, the accessibility settings in Chrome or, and other software, um, gives you a little bit more opportunity to get a photo description, you know, that's great. I mean, we're we're making advances and we're making better steps to, you know, give the folks who are blind and visually impaired, um, more information. So kind of like Google Maps, um, we're just giving us more information, and that's all we can ask for, you know. And they're making steps to do that.
0: Absolutely, and I will never complain with that. I, I agree with you that. I wish the text in photos and in memes especially was more accessible. I know Facebook's working on this. They, for a long time, said that they can translate some of the text in memes. And here and there, in in dribs and drabs, they've been doing that. But it's not quite there yet because you do still hear the, you know, include some text or or whatever. And so I know it it is a work in progress because it is, it's not as easy as you think it is to extract that text and be able to explain what it actually says, as well as giving it some sort of context. And they want to make sure that they get that right. And I'd rather them work on getting it right and putting Mm -hmm. it out later than putting out something half-baked now, if that makes sense. So so let's get it right first. But yeah, I think that is something that will be having happening down the line. Now, as far as implementing things that can be very helpful in partnerships, Maria, there was an announcement recently from Ira and the folks at Blind Square about their partnership. Basically, all this means is that Ira as a button is available in the Blind Square navigation app. So Talking about you know Google Maps and, and other navigational apps, if you're a user of Blind Square, but also either are a, an IRA explorer, so you pay for the service, or if you're just interested in using the five-minute free feature, in the Blind Square app, you can go to Tools and then go down a little bit to where it says IRA. When you double tap on that using voiceover, it will just automatically launch the Ira app for you to then get in touch with an Ira agent whether that's for the 5 minute free contact or even further if you have a subscription so it, it's not fully integrated necessarily in the blind square it's not like mm-hmm. it's all rolled into one however it is more easily launched from blind square as you're trying to navigate using that service and so when you're mm-hmm. walking around or you're navigating it's it's kind of like that the the discussion that people have sometimes of that last few feet problem. You know, you get yourself to a building and you yep. know you're at the right building, but you don't know where the door is, or you don't know where whatever, you know, something you've yes. got to find. You know you're within a few feet of it, probably 10 feet of it or less. You just yes. don't know where it is. And you've used Blind Square to get you there, maybe you had a waypoint, and it got you all the way there using navigation app, and you need that extra push, that extra few feet. Well, then you can just tap on that IRA button and have an IRA agent help you. And that's easily a five-minute phone call.
1: Oh, easy. Yeah. Easily. But yeah, that that those last few feet can be, you know, <laughs> the longest last few feet if you yes. don't have assistance. Right. So I think that that's a great little combination for sure. I don't use blind square. I know of blind square, but I think that's a great combo.
0: Well, Maria, there's always so many things going on within the blind and visually impaired community. We could talk for hours on all the tiny little things going on, but I do want to move on this week past the news because of something that you and I discovered just recently that we both own, that we both are thrilled to own, that we've both been in contact with the makers of for many, many months, and somehow neither of us had a clue of the other's involvement. Until just recently. So for everybody out there listening and wondering, what I'm talking about is a product from a company called Acoustic Sheep. And that product is called Sleep Phones. And this is a fantastic product. They have great people over there. You and I have both been in contact with a very nice lady named Darlene over there at Sleep Phones and Acoustic mm-hmm. Sheep, who has contacted both of us very separately over the last probably eight or nine months talking to mm-hmm. us about using their product for people that are blind and visually impaired and the benefits that it would bring to people in our community. Mm-hmm. And they had reached out to each of us earlier in the month because of it being Blindness Awareness Month. And they had asked each of us if we could provide them a testimonial that they would put out on social media and their website and all that, talking about our experiences using our sleep phones as being blind and visually impaired people. And then, of course, the post comes out and you and I are both included (laughs) in the post. Each of us has a picture there with our testimonial talking about our experiences with sleep phones and neither of us had known that the other was even involved. Exactly.
1: I end up texting you going, hey, I just, you use sleep phones? I just saw you on the Facebook post. I'm on there too, you know? And then I'm saying like, which one are you, you know? And I'm saying, get your wife to like look and you know, all of that. And I'm like, who knew this whole time, this whole time we both been using sleep phones and we have the exact same story on how sleep phones came into our life and we both use them. I mean, coincidence, right? But Let's tell the listeners what sleep phones are.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good idea. We keep just <laughs> going on and on about them and gushing over them. We probably should tell people what yeah. they are. So as the name suggests, sleep phones are just that. They are headphones, which you can get in Bluetooth wireless versions or even a wired version, although I personally prefer it to be wireless and Bluetooth because of its its use case. But sleep phones are designed to be comfortable headphones to wear to bed, Or maybe when you're taking a nap or laying on the couch, or even if you are, say, a runner or you or somebody who goes to the gym or exercises, these are also very useful for that. I know a lot of people that are using them for that as well. But basically what it is is different than your typical Bluetooth headphones or, or ear pods or AirPods, uh, as it were they don't go in your ear. They don't even go like around your ear. They very comfortably just lay on your ear because the speakers for these headphones are inside of a cloth headband and it's a breathable headband. Uh, They have it in a couple different makes and a couple different sizes. You can get it in a variety of colors. And basically there are three main parts. So you have your left and right Uh, speakers for your ears that go inside this headband. And then there's a small piece that you can either wear behind your head, or I know as you do, Maria, and I've done this sometimes, you could wear it in the front, so you could just put it Mm -hmm. around to the front. And that's where the power button for on and off uh, is located or pairing the Bluetooth device, as well as the up and down volume. And that connects to the left and right speaker. But it also is made of a very flexible and soft silicone uh, type material. So it doesn't really bother you. I've never really had an issue feeling that in the inside the headband, even when mm-hmm. I've had it behind my head and it's so comfortable. Think of for anybody who's been able to see them in the past. I know you'll, you'll understand this, Maria, think of those old sweat bands from the 1980s, <laughs> but not the huge, big, like the ones that the basketball players would wear and all that, not necessarily that thick and and heavy, Very thin, breathable fabric, Mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. very light fabric, and it's very comfortable and you wear it very similar to a headband uh, but with the the ear pieces just covering over your ears and you pair it with your phone or whatever other device you might have and for me Maria I listen to music I listen to sleep meditations I've I've listened to movies and TV shows on Netflix (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. whatever I need to listen to while I'm going to sleep or if I just can't get to sleep yet and I want to read the news they work really well with voiceover on my iPhone there's Mm -hmm. very little if any any lag at all uh, when I use voiceovers. Sometimes with Bluetooth devices, you might get a, you know, a bit of a, a lag or a you know, second or so uh, where it doesn't respond right away. But these really work nice. So yeah, I've had mine for about eight months now. As I said in my testimonial that I sent to them, I could probably count on one hand the number of nights that I have not slept using them. I, I, I just love them. They, they're so helpful in getting me to sleep no matter what I'm listening to. Again, whether it's music or meditations or whatever, I, I really, really love this product.
1: I found them to be really comfortable and useful. And I would describe the headband as something that would be worn to keep your ears warm in the winter. I mean, not here in California, but maybe in your neck of the woods, Tim. And, <laughs> yeah. the, and the headphones are good quality. Um, I find that it's pretty good quality sound output, you know, I mean, compared to, like you said, some headphones, you know, and right. maybe kind of the cheaper ones that I've bought in the past, but I use it, um, with my iPad a lot. Um, cause so it connects well there or my phone and I use it mostly for kind of winding down before bed. I will, frequently listen to books or um, cruise social media, kind of catch up from the day. And I will sit up in bed and use it, but I will also maybe then just kind of scoot down and lay on one side. Again, you know, the flat speaker is super comfortable. You don't even notice it. And I might just fall asleep. And the one thing I love about having this wireless headband on is there's no tangled cord from the plug-in headphones exactly you wake up and you're like choking because you're caught up in these headphones or you have a maybe a bluetooth in and you wake up in the middle of the night the bluetooth's gone like it's just gone um and it's somewhere in the bed or in my case it's fallen and it's now a cat toy and you'll never (laughs) find it again i mean I know there's like seven Bluetooths around my house and I have no idea where they are because they become (laughs) cat toys. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that that's kind of relieved, you know, the logistics of, of headphones or earbuds in my case, but, um, there it's great. So I, you know, kudos to sleep phones. I think it is a great product for the blind and visually impaired community. And I know Tim that a lot of folks who are blind have non 24 or you know just have insomnia you know with you know low 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 vision um and this was this product was designed by a doctor for patients with insomnia and you know made so they can sleep and listen to calming music meditative music things of that sort to help patients with insomnia and here they are now finding a new market, um, for folks who blind, visually impaired. And, yeah, I think it's great. And I was just laughing when I saw that we were both on this, you know, (laughs) campaign, if you will, for blind awareness month, um, on both Facebook and on Instagram. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. What are the chances? So I thought it would be great that we could touch base with it, um, on the podcast and just give our, our two cents on the product. And, um, you know, finally, since we both have them.
0: (laughs) Well, absolutely. It's a good excuse because it it is a long overdue discussion. Like I said, I got mine back in February. I think you did as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got to use mine right away. I know you weren't able to use yours immediately, but once you did, I know how much you love them. And I've been such a fan of of this product. I I talked about it on the Double Tap show way, way back when a little bit, we had a discussion about different Bluetooth devices and things. and And I talked about it there, but I just never had had an opportunity to really mention it on this show for one reason or another and all the things with me taking some time off and... And all that kind of thing. So yeah, I was really happy that we both were involved with this campaign that they did for Blindness Awareness Month, which kind of brings me to another point because that to me is one of the best things about this company and the folks that work there. They're aware that blind people do have sleep issues like non-24-hour sleep disorder or even just sleep apnea. There was a news story I mentioned at the top of the show. We, we didn't talk about it in the news because I wanted to kind of put it here because it, it really ties into using sleep. Phones. There was a news story that came out recently, Maria, that you and I have talked about a bit where a study was done in Taiwan over an eight year period. Over 50 blind people were part of the study and they were diabetic and they wanted to see if sleep apnea had anything to do with blindness. Well, of course, as we know, as most people know, Diabetes can lead to a diabetic retinopathy. Well, they found as part of the study that the more severe your sleep apnea is when you also have diabetes, that can lead to diabetic macular edema. So Mm -hmm. yet another possible eye disease for people that are diabetic. And in this case, people that have severe sleep apnea. And as someone who has severe sleep apnea, I-, I have horrible sleep apnea. I do now use a CPAP machine to sleep. So it's kind of funny. I've got my my machine going with my CPAP mask on and all that air blowing. And then over top of that, I've got my sleep phones that I wear uh, on top to help me get to sleep. But That said, between the CPAP helping my sleep apnea, uh, you know, God willing, I never get diabetes, but, you know, if I don't Mm -hmm. change the way I eat, that could be a problem. (laughs) But again, that is just another reason that the sleep phone's are so wonderful and, and such a great product because, again, it's something that if you have trouble sleeping, if you have non-24 hour, if you have sleep apnea mm-hmm. or any other kind of issue that prevents you from sleeping, maybe you have melatonin issues or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. the The sleep phones are very helpful for calming you and relaxing you because you can comfortably listen to whatever it is you want to listen to, whether it's reading the news, like you said, or watching TV or reading a book or listening to music or meditations or whatever it might be, because they're soft and comfortable, you can lay on your back. You can lay on your side. They don't push into your ear. They don't hurt. They, there's no pieces to them that, that jab you or anything like that. Nothing that can get lost. Plus, I'll add that they are machine washable. So it's really easy to un-Velcro the back and you can take all the pieces out, the two speakers and the the main controller piece, throw it in the wash with your socks and underwear, I guess, or your T-shirts and (laughs) wash it and and put everything back in. It's really simple. It's just, it's one of those things where I got it in the mail after not really knowing what it was Mm -hmm. and they sent it to me and I'm like, wait, What? (laughs) This is amazing. And I actually, that weekend, after showing it to my wife, who desperately wanted one immediately, I, I took it to dinner with my parents that weekend. My mom tried it on and I played some music for her to listen to. And she was almost in tears because my mom really has trouble sleeping and has some sleep apnea Mm -hmm. issues and has difficulty getting the sleep. And she'll listen to music or meditations or whatever, maybe use her Amazon Echo to play music or listen to the TV. But then it bothers Mm -hmm. my father, you know, because he Uh wants to watch his own thing or listen to his own thing. And he doesn't necessarily want to listen to what she wants to listen to. And so she can put these on and be in her own little world with whatever it mm-hmm. is she wants mm-hmm. to listen to in right. comfort and help her get to sleep without bothering him. And mm-hmm. she immediately that night went home and purchased a pair. So, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about the product, about the company, my interactions with them. Darlene has been so fantastic to talk to. She's right. been so patient with me because of the, all the time that it's taken me to get to talking oh, about them. And Me too. Yeah, me exactly. too.
1: Same, <laughs> yeah. same, same let's not forget that it's also for sighted people. Like, you know, you had mentioned in the beginning um, that this is good for everybody. This product is good for everyone because, you know, insomnia, you know, isn't just a blind person problem or a sighted person problem, right? Like you were saying your mom. Um, So, I mean, and I do have a lot of trouble getting to sleep as well. And um, sometimes just a good judge Judy episode (laughs) will put me to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or a Dr. Okay. Phil, so I feel better about my life. So, you, um, you know, <laughs> to each his own, right? To each his own. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so no, that's, um, yeah,
0: that really is the neat thing about this is that <laughs> they they made a product and over time realized, hey, blind people do suffer from sleep disorders with non 24 hour and all that stuff like I talked about and yeah. they they are aware of that and and they reached out to many people in the blindness community mm-hmm. ourselves obviously included several other people that I know they've been in contact with to have them test this out and and to look at it and to you know, see if it is something that is is functional and good for people that are blind and visually impaired. And thankfully, yeah, it has worked out for me. I think it's a great product. There there's some small things that they could do. Like for instance, the model that I have, if they were able to program into it To tell me that the battery is about to die or the battery percentage, you know, verbally like some Bluetooth uh, headphones do, Mm -hmm. that would be a wonderful addition. It's not a game breaker by any means. So it doesn't speak to you. However... I don't mind that. I charge it once, maybe every couple of days, two or three days. That's plenty. Yeah. That's that's more than enough, and it gets me by every few days or so. So maybe charge it a couple times a week, mm-hmm. and it's fine. And it's very yeah. easy to pop it out and plug it into a micro USB charger. Um, but if I had to say, here's what they could work on for the next version, I buy, you know, if they were able to implement some sort of basic voice into it to say battery percentage is, or you know, battery low, or something like that. That right. would be fantastic. But again, like I said a moment ago, it's not a game breaker. Uh, I can still use it and and it's so comfortable. I can't say that enough. Um, you know, it, it's just a right. it's a really, really, Nicely designed product. So I will put a link to their website in the show notes, as I will with everything that we've talked about in this episode this week, Maria. Everything will be linked out there in the show notes. So if you guys missed something or need additional information, check out the website. Go to lifeafterblindness.com slash 37. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 37. And you can get more information as well as all the links to all of this stuff, including a link to go and check out the sleep phones from Acoustic Sheep. Well, Maria, I'm reviewing my notes for the podcast, and I see that we have come to the end. I don't have any more topics for us to discuss, although... I know that you and I could just go on and on and talk about anything and everything forever Mm -hmm. and ever. Mm -hmm. So, so if I don't cut us off now, we'll, we'll never stop. So anyway, (laughs) that's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Maria, I want to thank you very much for joining me once again on life after blindness. If you could please tell everybody where they can get more information about you and what you're up to.
1: Well, Tim, thanks for having me. I always enjoy being on your podcast and they can find my blogs on girlgoneblind.com. They can find me on Facebook at girl gone blind and on Twitter at girl underscore gone underscore blind
0: and I of course want to thank all of you for joining me and Maria this week for the life after blindness podcast as always like I said you can get the show notes by visiting lifeafterblindness.com 37. If you have any questions or comments for me about this show or anything else, you can send your emails to Tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook by following at LabCast. Please be sure to tune in again next time as we continue this journey together to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody.